Today, here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week, we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth. I'm here today with Dave Rocket. Uh, he's the CEO of Omega Material Handling. Dave, why don't you say hi, everyone? Hello. Thank you, Mike, for having me today. Good. Uh, let's see. Before we get uh, terribly uh, uh, started, let's remind everyone what's going to happen next. Uh, tomorrow's show, we're going to have Craig Heldman. He's the uh, CEO of Hobson's. They're a educational software uh, and web company uh, servicing the education market. Uh, a week from today, we're going to have a real interesting guy, uh, Wolf Olson. He's a, a freelance commercial diver, an ex-Navy uh, SEAL who uh, doesn't mind diving into hazardous waste. <laughs> it, it should be an interesting show with Wolf. And... Uh, the last live show of the year is going to be the 21st with John Melvin uh, from the Small Business Development Center here in uh, Claremont County. And naturally, John's going to talk about small businesses and what they can do to grow and thrive in our uh, changing economic times. Uh, let's uh, talk a little bit about Dave and how Dave got here. Uh, Omega Material Handling, Dave. Uh, you start, you've been in the material handling business 25 years? Yes. And uh, you you have been a professional at solving customers' material handling problems. The first five years of your career were spent in that industry you spent as a salesman and the last 20 years as a business owner. Uh, you began Omega Material Handling in 19, I'm sorry, 2004, and you began it with the idea that service work shouldn't be handled should be handled proactively. Uh, Dave's team at Omega consists of well-trained professional problem solvers. Uh, the combination of proactive problem-solving team and the belief that by helping customers become proactive in their maintenance requirements of things like forklift trucks yeah. uh, has allowed Omega to grow steadily. Uh, you can uh, call or, or email Dave, and he, he will uh, tell you the seven reasons, and I think we should talk about this during the show today, the seven reasons why uh, a number of tri-state firms have switched their forklift services to Omega Handling. Uh, so, Dave, uh, before I go further, let me uh, remind people, we've got some things we've got to remind them about. Uh Let's see, starting uh, January 7th, we have the Sandler Networking Works programs. That's four Monday mornings in a row. The 7th, 
the 14th, the 21st, and the 28th. That's a four-week, two-hour-a-week program on how to make networking more effective for you in 2013. Uh, we still have about uh, 12 seats available for that program. For non-Presidents Club members, the cost is $200 a seat for anyone you want to send. Call Carmen at 753-9400 in the 513 area code, and she can reserve a seat for you. Uh, San Luis Presidents Club members, uh, the Client Summit, which is the conference for Sandler trainers and clients, will be in Orlando on February 14th and 15th. The title of that is going to be No Guts, No Gain, How to Get Tougher. Uh, it's going to be an opportunity to leverage mindshare from the most visionary and innovative thinkers on sales and sales management. There will be two separate tracks, one for sales, one for sales management. The uh, year-end special is still on. You can, instead of paying $500 after the first of the year, you can buy your seat for $400. Uh, you can log in to clientsummit2013.sandler.com to uh, make your reservations. Let's see. Cold Call Camp is coming up in January, on January 30th. Uh, that's an all-day program. Uh, more details from us. Uh, we'll have a few seats available for uh, clients at that program. And uh, I guess the really big announcement about the Client Summit uh, about two weeks ago was that the global head of sales for LinkedIn is going to be our guest keynote speaker. He'll be there on uh, the opening day from 12 to 1 o'clock, just before lunch. And LinkedIn sh certainly should be a a great tool for most people. Okay. Dave, in, in your world, uh, well, why don't you tell us how you you came to form Omega in well, 2004? Sure. Um, prior to forming Omega, I had worked for a large uh, competitor and actually started two other businesses in the material handling field. Uh, one of the things that I noticed, and the reason we can even start with the name, Omega is the end, and our saying I stole from Stephen Covey, begin with the end in mind. Noticed through my years in the business that a lot of people, uh, clients as well as salespeople, were more eager and energetic to get a quick fix as opposed to thinking long term. And an example of that would be uh, I had one customer that was getting flavoring, cinnamon, and 2,500-pound pallets, was using a 3,500-pound capacity forklift. Um, they make hot dogs locally. But anyway, uh, two years down the road, they were going to be bringing it in in liquid form. It would weigh 4,500 pounds. They were looking at purchasing 3,500-pound capacity forklifts. But Obviously, that doesn't sound right to a, even a guy who's not in the forklift business. No, it's it's not. But what happened is most of my competitors went in. They looked at their existing equipment, quoted existing equipment, didn't take the time to talk to the customer about the future and truly become a problem solver, help them begin with the end in mind. Uh, their forklifts were last, lasting about six years at that time frame. Obviously, if they would have purchased the smaller capacity trucks, they would have had a very large expense coming right around the corner. Um, 
Just the 3,500-pound lift truck just could not lift 4,500 pounds? Can't lift that even if you get a large person from the office to sit on the back. It's just not going to lift it. Okay, so, so that's really a an end limit as opposed to a suggested value. Exactly. Uh, very definitely an, an end, end limit. Um, but decided that it was better to work with people that way, even with um, equipment and maintenance. I had one customer locally that actually got promoted numerous times because I talked to him about planned obsolescence. He was renting and purchasing forklifts. The forklifts themselves, they would keep forever. He actually had 12 forklifts when I met him uh, by teaching him that if he got rid of what he was using every five years, his maintenance costs would drop dramatically, and they really only needed to have at the time, six forklifts, go ahead and get eight, at least you got two backups. Anyway, his productivity went up. He got recognized and was given responsibility for six other warehouses nationally uh, for the program that we put together, working together. And his costs went down, and I may have mentioned a minute ago, productivity went up. But that's having a problem-solving approach. That's coming in and working with people uh, to fulfill their needs, not just for today, but talking to them about the future. Okay, so people could save money on their material handling by getting the right size of equipment as well as figuring out. You know, that was interesting what you said, uh, the planned obsolescence. At five years, the maintenance was going to be too much to justify doing it. Instead, replace the equipment? Yes. So maintenance costs, parts, service, labor would exceed the cost of new equipment. And when you think about downtime combined with that, um, in his particular case, he had specific forklift operators. So if their forklift was down, he had someone sitting in a lunchroom that he's paying. Um, you combine all of that in there, the cost can be very significant. That's a, an interesting problem to have. Yes. Uh, Tell, uh, why don't you tell us how you go to market? Our our biggest thing going to market is referral-based um, is probably the largest right now. But we also market. I do have one salesperson that goes out and does make cold calls. Um, I would say the biggest challenge with going to market is having that consistent positive activity. Uh, as a business owner, and I'm responsible for a great deal of our sales, it's very easy to get pulled off of those consistent things like making your phone calls every day, you know, talking um, to existing clients to try and get leads. But we do a very good job of horizontal and vertical marketing. Horizontal simply being if we get in an industry, we try and get all the business we can in that industry. Then we go back to the beginning and start finding out who their suppliers are, which gives us the vertical aspect of that that marketing. But that's generally how we cold call and try and prospect for new new customers. So uh, how many outside salespeople do you have and, and inside salespeople? I just have one outside salesperson, and then I also have Trish, who operates as an inside salesperson, but also admin as well. Okay, and you yourself still do some sales? Yeah, I would say I probably spend about 60% of my time on sales. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and You know, ever since I took your class, Mike, it's been so much fun. I can't help but take it, but spend my time doing that. Sure, sales is spelled S-A 
parentheses, small letters, F-U-N, on parentheses, L-E-S. I would agree. Yes. uh, I learned that spelling probably in 1988. It changed my life in sales. Uh, In the marketplace today, what what kind of obstacles do you see in in the material handling business? You know, we, we have a couple of large obstacles, and one I think everyone faces. With the Internet, people think that uh, they can have more knowledge and skill than maybe they do, and I'm talking about from a client uh, perspective. I had a client recently that called me and wanted us to fax him a proposal on a particular forklift called an order picker that you actually ride up and down to pick a pallet load of product. He wanted a quote fax to him because... He found out on the Internet that it would operate in a six-foot aisle. He did receive fax to him three proposals, again, from companies that have been in the industry locally since the 60s and 80s. Um, I actually went and talked to the customer with the idea, begin with the end in mind, found out that he needed a right-angle stack in a six-foot aisle, which means that you need to take the load in, turn at a right angle and put it up, an order picker would not do that job for him at all. Um, So had he purchased the wrong piece of equipment, he would have been stuck with it? Would have been stuck with it to the tune of about $26,000. And again, um, the issue here is twofold. People don't feel like they don't have time to actually think about a decision before they make it even of that magnitude. But we asked about the obstacle. He got on the Internet. He had a preconceived notion of what he wanted. And if he would have followed through on that preconceived notion without talking to to us, then he would have obviously made a very large financial mistake. And who knows how that would have affected his bonus at the end of the year. But Mm -hmm. I'm sure it wouldn't have been favorable. Sure. He still would have needed to buy a second piece of equipment at another $26,000 to make the left or right turn to place the product in the warehouse shelves. Exactly. Wow. So it's it, it, it's something people have to be really careful of. Uh, Dave, we're going to take a, a short commercial break here. Uh, and if you have any questions for Dave Rocket, the call-in number today is 646-595-4916. Let's listen to... Uh, these commercial messages. Company owners and sales managers, are you sick and tired of hiring a salesperson you think is Tom Cruise only to get Pee Wee Herman on the first day of the job? Call me, Mike Roth, 513-646-6523 to stop this from happening to you again. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. If you're a salesperson or a company owner, my message is critical for you. Today, I want to talk to you about the real secret of getting out of debt. Earn more money. Most salespeople and owners want to sell more at a higher price with better margins, but don't know how. I've helped hundreds of people and companies grow over 30% per year by making an investment in themselves. Albert Einstein said, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. I teach my clients new and different strategies, tactics, and behaviors that get dramatic results. I'm not for everyone. I'm tough, expensive, abrasive, and not politically correct. But if you want results, we need to talk. Call me at 513-646-6523. Give me your toughest questions. Then, if you qualify, 
I'll invite you in for a free meeting, 513-646-6523. Company owners and sales managers, are you tired of cutting your price to get the deal? Wouldn't you like to have a better way? Wouldn't you want to improve your margins? Call me, Mike Roth, at 513-646-6523 to see if there's a better way for you. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Dave Rocket. Uh, Dave, in in your business, do you use a long-term strategic planning process? Yes, we definitely do. We look out uh, 20 years out right now, and, of course, that gets modified regularly. Uh, 2009, 2010 were tough years for us from our customer base going out of business, mm-hmm. uh, not people deciding to use a competitor, but them closing their doors. Uh, But I believe very strongly that if you don't have a light at the end of the tunnel, you're going to run into the walls a lot. Mm -hmm. And planning is obviously that light. 20 Uh, years. Do have 20 years. um, Share with my people. And on the 28th, we're actually getting together for that day just to strategically plan and focus on the next five years. Um, The 20-year deal is something I do more for myself and where I see the company. But for five years, I think it's important for people that work for me to understand uh, opportunities that may be available for them way ahead of time. So if they're interested, we can talk about what they need to do uh, to prepare themselves. Uh, That's good. That's good. We uh, started the project uh, about a year ago for some clients putting together what we call the two-year strategic long-term plan. Because in today's turbulent market, even two years may be too long because you have to be able to modify it as you go. I will say that after you get past five on our plan, the detail certainly isn't very very intense. It's more of a concept than, um, you know, a strict bricks where the the brick part is definitely for five years. This is what we're doing this month, this month, this month. What do you uh, see as the the possibilities and the opportunities in the marketplace in the material handling world? I think every market has some great opportunities. What I've noticed in my lifetime is that generally people, and especially in today's environment, that aren't doing well in sales or aren't doing well as a business uh, is because they're relying too much on email and not uh, doing, again, consistent positive activities like getting on the phone every morning uh, and handling it professionally. Um, Again, not to pat you on the back too much, but I I enjoyed your classes a lot because they helped us as a whole company polish our professionalism when we're dealing with people. And uh, it's even got to the point of helping with service. Someone calls in with the breakdown and they say, well, I'm kind of leaking. You know, because we've uh, focused on not taking vague answers, Mm -hmm. Trish will ask them, well, give me more detail. When are you leaking? How are you leaking? What are you leaking? And all of those things are extremely important to to be. Oh, you mean the the forklift truck is leaking? Yeah, the forklift truck is leaking. I I needed to add that. But, yes. Um, Anyway, it's been a very positive experience. Yeah, we we added a, a Sandler customer service program probably a year ago and sometime in the first half of 2013, we get enough clients together who want to run that program. Uh, we'll, we'll run that program. It uh, it runs 12 weeks, 
for customer service people two hours a week. Okay. Uh, what do you think your clients are looking for now in a materials handling supplier? I really believe that most people in the marketplace are looking for someone that they can trust enough to give a problem to and let them solve that problem cost effectively. And that's what, again, we do as a company. And um, that's what most people out there are looking for. And you certainly have the small percentage of the marketplace that's looking for the cheap, cheapest. And unfortunately, usually you get what you pay for, uh, both in, well, in anything. So, so Dave, do you do both uh, new and used equipment? We primarily focused on used equipment for forklifts. Our primary drive is really service and parts. Uh, we do do used forklifts as well as new and used racking and shelving products of that that nature. Uh, mostly things that would be used in a in a warehouse. But outside of rolling stock, we do carry new and used. But rolling stock being forklifts, we focus on used. Okay, and so you sell parts for forklifts. Yes, and because we're not brand affiliated, we do sell parts and service for all brands of forklifts. We're not stuck to Caterpillar because we're the Caterpillar dealer or Clark because we're the Clark dealer. Um, we can help you with any anything. And that brings me to a point I would like to bring up as well. I do have in my parts department a retired technician, so he can help you know what to do with the parts if you decide that uh, outside service isn't the best option for you. And we have a couple of really good clients in Cleveland, and the reason we have them, they can call in and get good professional guidance. Again, the problem-solving aspect of our business um, to help them get their equipment up and running. Uh, a few years ago, I saw some people selling imported Chinese rubber tire wheels for forklift trucks. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, there's been a, a lot of um, influx in the marketplace. When I started in this business in 1984, if you weren't driving an American car, you had to park and hide it around the corner and, and things of that nature. Um, there's been a lot of uh, Chinese people coming into the marketplace, Chinese brands, Japanese brands, um, and just like with everything, TVs and everything else, you know, sometimes they're good and they forced us to make better ones. Sometimes they're not so good. Uh, there are some Chinese tire manufacturers that just aren't aren't so good. They fall apart. And again, it comes back to well, that's pretty bad. You know, if, if you get four quotes and three of them are in this range and one is way way down at the bottom there's something that has to be different, and generally it's quality of material and manufacturing. So do you guys uh, quality control uh, or quality check vendors before you bring their parts into your inventory? Well, it's one of the advantages. I haven't done this since 1984. I know who the quality vendors are, and we do have relationships with them uh, for what we sell. So if I had a Clark forklift and there was a better part made in America, uh to, to be a replacement part, you might have that in stock. Yes. Good. So, and, you know, our job, again, is to, to solve a problem, not create one. So especially with service work, we do make sure that all of our parts are high quality and um, what what you would expect for what, what you're spending. So where is your business actually located if someone wanted to drive by and pick up a part? 
Right now we're at 10343 Julian Drive and Woodlawn, uh, where we have the second half of the Alpine Valley Water Building. Mm-hmm. So um, that's where where we're located currently. And if they wanted to call and speak to someone about a parts question or a sales question, who would they call? Uh, the, what number would they call? The number they would want to call is 513-842-2012. If they don't feel like they're satisfied, I would appreciate a call because I do uh, guarantee that everything I'm telling you is factual about the business. My cell number is 513-266-3066. Good. And what percentage of your business is located within... 50 miles of your location and what is beyond that? I'd say about 80% of our business is within that that realm. A lot of our customer base I had as customers for other equipment that I had sold with a previous business in the material handling industry. Um, And we have some very large customers like Champion Windows, PJAC Freight Systems, uh, places that people know and are familiar with and also smaller places in that area as well. But because we physically go to do service, you know, obviously if you wanted us to go to Toledo to fix something, it wouldn't be very cost-effective for you. Yeah, because you're going to charge for the time, the six hours to get there and the six hours to get back. Yep, and until we can invent time travel or something, we'd have to charge for that time. Well, we're renting out the Star Trek transporter. We have a model in the other room. Oh, great. <laughs> I can't can't wait to see it. Yeah, we just mounted it up on the wall. You saw it. Yeah, you got it from Richard Branson, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, in, in adding new customers to your uh customer base, what would a perfect customer look like to you? Uh, The the most desirable types of opportunity that Omega should be doing business with, in your opinion? For me, Mike, uh, the the biggest thing for me is that we trust each other. That means when I ask questions, they tell me the truth. And when they ask me questions, I tell them the truth. uh, one of the things that I did get out of your class, again, not to pat you on the back too much with that, was that sometimes we have to push a little bit for a truthful answer. But what I found, if people don't want to share information with you, you can't help them. If you can't help them, you're not solving a problem. So if you secure them as a client, it will be a short-term relationship, no matter what, what you do for them, because you're guessing. You know, it's kind of like dating someone who tells you they don't want a Christmas present. And then on Christmas, they show up with a whole bunch of them for you. You better have something there for them. But if you have to guess, it just is a lot of work, and usually you guess wrong. Right. It's not good to have a reserve. Exactly. Uh, It sounds like your company provides solutions. That's our our focus is really... Solutions oriented toward people thinking longer than just this minute. So are you really looking for much larger publicly held companies or or smaller privately held companies? You know, we have had equal success with both. Uh, one of our customers distributes beer, and um, they had started a number of years ago, and the guy was actually looking for a very inexpensive use piece of equipment. I did talk to him about his growth plans over five years, which were tremendous, and he did follow through on those growth plans. Um, 
but got him to buy a little bit higher quality forklift, which he's still using today. And um, again, very small at the time. Well, one forklift user, he uses three now, which isn't gigantic, but we've helped people in, in all walks. Now, we also have people that come into the building that say, hey, I just want a forklift for, you know, $500. Now, my position is, and if I have a salesperson talk to me about that, what problem are we solving for them if we provide that to them? And the answer is simple, none. Because guess how often a $500 forklift is going to run? Mm, once. Yeah, not often. You hope that it'll roll on the truck to get it to, to their business. Get it but, to the delivery point. Yeah, exactly. But that's not our, our business. Our business is, again, solution-oriented, problem-solving. So what does a good uh, used forklift cost today, just out of curiosity? Uh, you're looking anywhere between eight and probably $12,000 for a typical heart-of-the-line um forklift mm -hmm. good uh, Dave we're going to take a another short break and if you have a, a question for Dave about material handling uh, or marketing in a business to business world because that's what you do Dave uh, you can call us at 646 595 4916 let's listen to Sandler rule number 15 Hi, I'm Rich Isaac from Sandler Training, and I'm here to talk about rule number 15. The best presentation you ever give is the one the prospect will never see. Now let's start by talking about the fact that that rule should not be taken literally. Of course, there's an appropriate time to talk about your products, your services, your solutions, your prices. What happens is that most salespeople simply talk about it too soon. The prospective client will say things to them like, show me what you have, tell me what you can do and the salesperson, eager to show their credibility and to show their product knowledge, will go into presentation mode. And there's two problems with that. Number one, it's too early to make a presentation because the salesperson isn't knowledgeable enough about the particular situation the prospective client is facing. And second of all, it comes off like a sales pitch. And if there's one thing that prospective clients can't stand, is someone making a pitch at them trying to convince them. Is there a better way, a better way to show your knowledge and build credibility with the prospective client? Actually, there are two ways. First is you can learn to ask better questions, more insightful questions. And second, you can learn to tell stories, meaningful stories that the prospective client will be able to relate to. Let me give you an example. Let's assume that I sell software to help companies run their warehouses more effectively. I might say, Sam, as the Vice President of Operations, I'm wondering if you ever run into these issues. A lot of people tell me that they have a real balancing act between reducing their inventory expense and still being able to handle just-in-time delivery. It's really challenging for them. Others tell me that they have a difficult time getting their staffs to follow the procedures in their warehouse as exactly and effectively as they could. Now, before I go on, I'm wondering if you can relate to either of those two things. Now, what did I just accomplish? Through simply telling a story and asking a simple question, I was able to show my credibility, show my knowledge, show my understanding of their business. In essence, I presented information in such a way that they got those things without me coming off like a salesperson making a pitch. Remember, if you want to really be the most credible professional salesperson, learn to tell better stories and ask better questions. 
Remember, if you get good at both of those things, the best presentation you ever give is the one the prospect will never see. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Dave Rocket from Omega Material Handlings. And Dave, uh, I'll ask you one of my favorite questions. We have a theory of operation here that simple solutions to complex problems are invariably wrong. Consequently, if you want to solve a complex problem, you need to bring to bear an equally complex solution. Maybe you could share with our listeners a complex problem that you encountered there at Omega, well, maybe someplace earlier in your uh, career in the material handling business, and then the equally complex solution that you devised to solve the problem. And maybe, in, in theory, it's applicable across multiple industries. Sure, I'd love to do that, Mike. Right now, uh, we're actually in the middle of implementing the complex solution to a complex problem. One of the things, because my technicians spend time on the road and aren't in the office much, as well as my salesperson, uh, there wasn't a very strong atmosphere of team. The other thing that I noticed is that our communication at times would break down. Um, taking a look at it, uh, my first idea on a solution was just making everybody get together once a week and talk. Um, took it a little bit deeper than that, and we actually all took a test that, that was in a book called Strength Finders to determine our strengths and where those lie, as well as a communication tendency test that looked at four areas like are you a driver, are you amiable, where are you? And um, through the utilization of both of those tests, changed some things. One example um, is with the person that works for me. I'm a little bit of a driver, so all of the job descriptions are very driver-oriented in the way that they're written. I changed this person's to be a little softer because she was very amiable. Uh, anyway, the expectations from her and for me to be able to hold her accountable for those changed greatly just by changing the words we used with the deeper understanding of what we were kind of hardwired to do. Uh, as well as that, I did change a couple of people's positions. Uh, one gentleman had a great strength in the communication area, which I would have never guessed because he was never given the opportunity to utilize it. Uh, at this point in time, I changed his position in September. Uh, he's doubled our part sales um, outside of the greater Cincinnati area uh, just by allowing him a few hours a day to stretch his legs on a strength. So that was that's where we are, but it's still, I think, more complex than I've even discussed, but that's where we are with the complex solution. And the first part was really just taking a step back and going, I can't bootstrap this to happen. I really need to take some time to think about it and maybe change how we understand each other at a deeper level. Uh, understanding to, your people. Yeah, and them understanding each other. This mm -hmm. information and everything was always worked on as a group, so it uh, did help a lot, and productivity has gone up as a result of it. Right. So. right. That's like uh, our extended disc profiles, dominant driver, influencer of other people, uh, steady relator, and people who are compliant with rules. Each one has their strengths 
and weaknesses. Uh, but since we're talking about profiling on on people, Dave, you were you were the guy who convinced me that uh, using something like a IQ test was an important characteristic on a new sales hire. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit more about your experience? I, I have found and I have used tests in the past for, for salespeople. And what I found, uh, quite frankly, was that the Wonderlick test gave the best indication on if they could do well or not. Um, and it, te- you know, it basically tests ability to solve problems, to focus, to understand uh how numbers relate to each other and other things like that. But if they could do that, they could understand the direction from a sales when you talk to them about going out and, and selling. In the past, I had used tests that focused on finding empathy and things like that. But what I found is the salespeople that did well on that, they sold like they had been sold to. So most of them were used to being sold to like the Home Shopping Network hey, if you want it in blue, we got it. You need it in green, we'll do it tomorrow. And that just doesn't work. The whole idea and, again, philosophy of the company with beginning with the end of the in mind is not just throwing things on a wall till they stick. It's finding the sticky spot on the wall and then putting what needs to be there there. Yeah, so uh, over here at Sandler, we've added the divine critical thinking inventory Uh as an instrument, as part of the uh, three-way look at a prospective salesperson, and that measures that person's ability to think and reason, and separately measures his ability or her ability to do mathematical computation, and then measures their combined ability against a large population of people in the sales world, so that we find out where they stand. Are they in the third percent uh, percentile, probably you don't want to hire them. Sure. Are they in the 83rd percentile? You probably definitely want to hire them because they're pretty darn smart. Uh, or they have the horsepower to be smart. They may or may not be college educated, but it does a great job at finding people who have the mental horsepower. My experience has been, since we've been using it for about the past year now, is that when someone gets hired who is in the bottom third, they invariably fail. And then, uh, despite whatever other characteristics they may have. Uh, the other things that we're looking at in salespeople are uh, drive and ambition. Uh, do they have the, the appropriate drive and ambition to succeed? Uh, are they goal-oriented? And are they people who uh, possess the skills to control and close a selling situation because those are skills. Those are things that you learn, like learning to tie your shoes. You know, I see that you're wearing slip-ons, so. <laughs> yeah. But I, uh, I guarantee you that if we blindfolded you, you actually could tie a knot in, in shoes. I, I definitely could do that. Yeah, we've done that enough times. So these are skills, and what we've looked for in the divine is, and they've been doing it for 40 years with over 700,000 test administrations, is we have a full repertoire of skills and competencies that are required in different types of sales. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we did a show with Darby Pazakis uh, from Divine, and we talked about the, the testing regimen that we use over here at Sandler today. 
really strong and um, I have seen people hired in spite of a poor profile and then two months later the CEO or the sales manager is unhappy with the performance um, and then we've seen others where uh, people have come in with an extremely low vitality score. Vitality is defined as the energy to do the job. If everything else is up in the 80s or 90s and vitality is down at zero or one, it's extremely clear we, we're, we're dealing with someone who's not going to make it. <laughs> They're not going to be able to have the energy to put the strength into the job uh, of selling because it does take strength and energy, even if you're just working on the phone. And I, I would agree with you on all points, Frank. Okay, so in in your business, what percentage of your business comes in over the internet? Uh, we get about twenty uh, percent. The business that we're not doing locally, most of it is internet um, driven, but it's not an area that we focus a whole lot on. Um, again, our our biggest thing is to find a customer locally that wants us to have a presence there, to to develop a trust. So you want to, to actually send out a salesperson and then send out a mechanic to work on his machines at his place. Exactly, and get to know them. I mean, uh, forklifts are kind of like cars. I have daughters that have all recently started driving, you know, within the last four years, and the deal was that I'd pay, help them with their first car. So most of their first cars aren't that that good. But, you know, one of them, the engine light's always on. One of them's this, one of them's that. Well, we'll accept that for, you know, till they get a little older. Uh, the, they are going to college, so they won't be driving then anyway. But my point of all of that, I'm getting way off subject, is that a lot of times people have those same feelings toward their forklifts. One of them might have this little tweak that they don't mind. They don't need it taken care of. And by having a technician that's designated to take care of that customer, they're able to, to help meet their needs better just through the relationship and the trust that builds up uh, over time. Let's take a second and talk about how you're doing your uh, your Internet uh, search engine optimization, both uh, generic and pay-per-click. Uh, you know, my position right now, Mike, and I'm using the 80-20 rule, I'm more focused on the 20% that brings us 80% of the business, okay. and that's that we have it and somebody answers the phone when someone calls and talks to them or answers their email. Um, outside of that, I really haven't taken it to that degree. I do know a lot of people that do that, and I know a lot of people that measure those very small metrics and um, have gone out of business because they spend their life focused on the one thing that'll give them a half percent increase in business, and uh, I'm just right. I'm right. not I'm not there. But you know, I'll I'll point to Don Kennedy over at uh, ProMaster, and he has spent a lot of effort. Uh, optimizing his pay-per-click words uh, and be uh, optimizing the the pages so that they are found by Google. It's my own belief that you really have to be on the first page in Google, uh, that someone searches for a term like uh, brakes for forklift truck. Yeah. Okay, you got to be up on the first page. And two, when they call a number, Someone's got to answer it. 
because you have about five seconds before they go from your listing in Google to the next. Yes. And I would agree with you on all points. So I think that that is definitely an area we have an opportunity for a lot of growth in. It's just a matter of I believe we need a certain dollar volume before it. it, If we search for forklift repair Cincinnati uh, on the web, what number would uh, Omega be? I really couldn't tell you, and I'm I'm not really sure. Um, I haven't made the changes recently in September where I have somebody inside that can take care of that, the technician that's taking care of parts. It's really more a matter of making sure someone's there first. As he continues to grow that, we'll definitely develop our web position a lot more. And there are a lot of people that have done a great job with it. I mean, Mike Callahan, I know he was on your show from Document Destruction, and he's done a nice job with well, he's, developing. He, he's one of the one way. of the ones that we know that have gone to the extreme of spending a lot of money on pay per click, so that he could eliminate some live salespeople, and it makes a lot of sense. We have a, another client uh, in the next building who is growing dramatically, spending oh I don't know. $80,000 a month in pay-per-click on Google and getting 200000 back. Sure. I'd make that bet any day, wouldn't you? Uh, I definitely would. And our issue, and I guess one of the things from my perspective, a lot of what we do has to fit through a door or has to fit in a room. And it's, uh, you know, every guy you talk to, the ceiling height is 30 feet high, even if it's 10 feet. Just, oh. just our ability to gauge, you know. Good. So. Dave uh, has agreed to ask questions again. If you want to ask Dave a question, there's still time. Six four six five nine five four nine one six, and we're going to take uh, a quick commercial break, and uh, we'll be back in about two minutes. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. Many salespeople tell us business was really easy. They likened it to gathering fruit in an orchard full of ripe trees. They gathered the low-hanging fruit. They had to get baskets to pick up the fruit that was already fallen. They never had to climb a tree. They worked this way for 10 or 15 years. Given the strong economy, this was no problem. What are we hearing now? The economy has slowed down. Salespeople are competing on price. There's still business now, but salespeople have to work harder. The fruit has not fallen from the tree, Tree. and there's no low-hanging fruit. The fruit is there, but it's higher up in the tree. The problem is their salespeople have forgotten how to climb. Do your salespeople know how to climb? If you or your team needs to learn how to climb through and up out of tough economic times, call me, Mike Roth, at 513-646-6523, or check our website at rothconsulting.net. When you hear about a typical sales training program, does it usually involve a one or two day seminar where some alleged guru passes down what he claims are the secrets to making sales? At Roth & Associates, I'm the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. We recognize that truisms and motivating speeches aren't enough to arm sales teams with the tools they need for success. Sales is a hard business. Typical sales training can only provide typical and disappointing results. At Roth & Associates, we use the Sandler methodology of continual reinforcement and ongoing training seminars along with individual coaching to ensure victory in the world of sales. 
We've been doing it here in Cincinnati for over 15 years. You won't fail because I won't let you. Roth & Associates, 513-646-6523. 513-646-6523. On the web at rothconsulting.net. Finding power in reinforcement. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Dave Rocket from Omega Material Handling. Dave, uh, I always like to ask uh, our CEO guests if they could share uh, with the audience one leadership tip. You've got a lot of years as a leader. I would say the biggest leadership tip that I can give is to have the intestinal fortitude to hold people accountable, but to set a time aside each week where you praise them if they're meeting their objectives and where you have an opportunity to correct them if they're not. And by doing it weekly, it eliminates that buildup of frustration you might feel. But also, if you're feeling frustration, trust me, the person you're frustrated at feels it twice as much. And quite frankly, it's not worth me forcing someone else to lose sleep over or me doing that. And I found, again, with a quick weekly meeting with clearly defined objectives that they're being held accountable for, gives a great opportunity for me to praise as well as redirect uh, particular behaviors. So are these weekly meetings scheduled every week at the same day and time? Same day and time and the same form. So for sales, for example, there's a spot that asks, how many calls did you make, how many quotes, how many orders? Really, and I explained to people from the get-go, we're looking for ratios so that I can help train. If you're making 10 calls and getting 10 quotes and no orders, our issue is closing. Hmm. You know, So it gives a great open door to that. Then also the 10 deals that are going to close that week. One thing I found with salespeople is that if you don't meet with them weekly, they try and close everything the last two days of the month so they can get a check the next month, especially if they're on some form of bonus or commission base. By hitting them up with weekly and getting them in the mindset of what business are you getting, and once the form's done the first week, of course, now you have it this next week to go, okay, these were the places you were going to close, what happened. Again, gives you an opportunity to lead, help, share skills, or determine areas that might need outside training or, or other things. Um, do you use a, a CRM system, Customer Relationship Management? We do. We use ACT. Okay. Um, I've been using it since they came out with their first one or point five or something like that. So um, right now, I think we have locally around fifty three hundred and twenty seven names and and around so, fifty three twenty seven. Yeah, I look at it daily to make sure we're adding there. So okay, that's good. Let's see. Um, so there's good news for you, Dave. All right. Uh, the San Luiselli system has created a application or an add-on for ACT. Uh, it's only $180 a seat per year that will allow you to tra- track each deal in ACT. So the salesperson becomes accountable for showing you what the pains were, what the bonding and rapport points were, what the DISC model for that particular prospect was, who's got the budget, does he have a budget? Who the decision maker is to trace the the opportunities 
all the way through using the soundless humming system. Oh, that's great, Mike. That, that just came out uh, maybe about a year ago. Uh, ACT was the fourth system that was put on to the Sandler selling process. So the uh, ACT Sandler manager is uh, really pretty good. Yeah, I would think that would be great to have that information in that format. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll make sure you get a a set of sample uh, screenshots or or run you through a demo. Okay, that Uh, would be great. Uh, uh, are you looking to add people to your organization in 2013, Dave? Yeah, this year I think we'll be adding about three technicians. Um, and I would say that probably one additional office person uh, off of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's our, our real focus. Depending on how things go as far as growth with the warehouse equipment, we could be looking at one to two salespeople as well. But for right now, the real focus is on getting more uh, guys on the road fixing forklifts for people. Mm-hmm. If someone calls in today for a repair of a forklift and they want someone dispatched to their premises, how long is it going to take for you to get someone out there? Uh, funny you had asked. Generally, we're there within two hours. Uh, we actually had a customer, a uh, large customer. Off Two of, hours. That's fantastic. Yeah, we we keep it down. And our focus, uh, one of the things when I mentioned the weekly meeting, when I meet with our service manager uh, that we talk about always is new customers. And if we have the opportunity, everything has to be given toward that that effort so that they get a chance to experience us. A couple of years ago, I was competing against a very large competitor. They had a facility two doors down from um, a, a, a one of, again, this particular customer. When I was talking to him, he asked about our lead time. And I challenged him and said, well, next time you have a breakdown, call me and call the people you're using now. And whoever gets here first, give them your business. Mike, they showed up three days after we had the problem corrected. Three days. Wow. That costs a lot of productivity dollars. It did, but, you know, it also taught me a sales lesson, if you don't mind, I'll share real quick. Go ahead. That's that very often we take our own neighborhood's business for granted. And I think their idea was that it was something they'd pick up either in the morning heading out to other places or in the evening coming back, and it just didn't work out for them. So, you know, if you're located in a neighborhood as a salesperson, get up and go meet the people around there and take care of them quickly. But anyway. That's a a good truism, a good truism. Um, We've seen a lot of clients uh, (laughs) turn other people in their office building into into clients. Uh, company-wide, Dave, do you have a goal-setting program with each one of your people? Yes. We we start with, and on the 28th, we'll put together a group goal that then will be broken down into individual goals and expectations, which then will be translated into the weekly meeting for accountability. Well, that's good. That's good. Um, in Sandler, we're going to do the cut-and-paste night on January 16th from 6 to 8 p.m., uh, that's uh, for our, our clients and their spouses. 
uh, and they can bring their kids out of diapers. <laughs> and it's a fun evening where we we turn our goals uh, into pictures because as human beings, um, we our brains work in pictures, not in words. Especially as males, visualization very important. And it's it's a poster that you can put up on your bathroom mirror, and you know, when I send sell ten new corporate accounts, I'm going to get a new Porsche in my driveway. Yes. <laughs> and uh, a goal is something that that tends to drive people whether they're your administrative staff or your uh, your sales staff. Um, before we close, Dave, do you have any uh, other pieces of sage advice you'd like to give to other CEOs? Um, not a lot of advice. I mean, the biggest advice I can give, again, is exercise intestinal fortitude. Even though we're in such a politically correct environment, it is okay to tell someone they're not doing their job. And it seems like we try and avoid that frequently. Our friends I have that own businesses, some do, some don't, but just really important. Uh, The other thing I'd like to throw out there real quick, Mike, is just the seven reasons most people have changed locally to us to do business. Yes, we did promise that. If I have a quick second, again, our phone number is 513-842-2012. But out of the seven reasons, the first one would be that they're frustrated over not getting what they wanted or they're not communicated with if it's not going to be there on time. Uh, That type of communication is way up on our list to make sure it happens. Shocked over excessive add-on charges, all of our competitors do a trip charge. We had a customer that was next door to our competitor in Sharonville. They quit using us, and I told him, well, call me when you get your first invoice. He was actually billed $40 trip charge because he was in that zone from our competitor to come over. Needless to say, he switched right back to us. Sick of the forklifts being fixed without anybody looking for the cause of the problem. Uh, We just secured a new customer on Monday, and the guy called, and one of our competitors had replaced three batteries. They never tested the alternator. Uh, the alternator was was bad. That was the problem. But wow. you know, my guys focus like that. Uh, with that, if you want to know the rest of them, give me a call. And Good. thank you very much, Mike. Dave, thank you for being on the show. And uh, as a gift for uh, being on the show, we're going to give you a copy of the new Sandler book, The Eleven Success Principles. Of that right there. Uh, you can pick that up. Thank you. Uh, that book was released uh, back in April, went to number one on the uh, Amazon list, and then back to uh, uh, the Wall Street Journal bestsellers. Uh, has done real well. Uh, in 2013, you're going to see uh, a series of additional Sandler books come out. There actually will be a new Sandler uh, management book that's been sitting on the shelf for a while. Uh, and again, uh Thanks for coming in and and doing the show with us, Dave. And uh, Scott, why don't you uh, take it away and and close the show out? Thanks for listening. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400.